frankly, the answer is no. But if you'd like, <laughs> I, can, I can speculate wildly for several minutes. Hey, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. My name's Elliot. And I'm Audrey. And this is the podcast where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes and instead get to know who they really were. Their lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior. Uh, It has been getting colder recently. Indeed, for a large swath of the northern hemisphere. If you're listening to this in Australia, it's probably getting warmer. That's true. Or Bolivia. Oh, sure. Brazil. Right. But uh, for our North Hem- Northern Hemisphere listeners, some of you are getting a little chillier, except for those of you who are being kept warm by the phenomenal new stickers you have received in the mail, mm. thanks to your glowing reviews on Apple iTunes. That is what our stickers do. They keep you warm in the wintertime. And they keep you warm with the smug satisfaction that you will have the best cocktail party conversation whenever cocktail parties are again legal. Yes. <laughs> in fact, one of our reviews explicitly stated that. Yes. Like, here's some party facts. You know what you're here for. Mm-hmm. Next up, figure out how to have a party. In 2022, we are going to be just like <laughs> the topic on everyone's tongue. Speaking of tongues. I what? was wondering. I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, is that going to be the lead off? Speaking of topics on tongues? Sure. Yes. What is our topic <laughs> this week? Oh, man. Okay. So our hero this week is someone who... I initially had no interest in. I sort of like filed him away under like boring old white guy, electricity, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I Elon did. Elon Musk? <laughs> uh, ooh, a precursor to, <laughs> to Mr. Musk. Uh, but so I did a little research and turns out that he was mostly a boring old white guy who also did some really terrible things. And this week's hero, Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. Indeed. What do you know about Thomas Edison? Didn't he invent the light bulb? No, not even close. Did not invent the light bulb. He's credited with inventing the light bulb. But now you've just... Spoiler alert! (laughs) Let's try that again, then. I don't want to ruin the episode right off the bat. (laughs) Um, No, he did not invent the light bulb. Wait. We'll get to it. What else do you know? Is that it? That's mostly it. That's mostly what people know. Pause for a second. Have we done an episode on Edison? Oh, absolutely not. No, he might have been mentioned in the Henry Ford episode because he was a mentor to Henry Ford. But no, uh, we absolutely have not done a Thomas Edison episode. So he's not the guy who lived in the garage of his underage wife's father. That's Alexander Graham Bell. That's right. I was, I, okay, so I am clearly getting my inventors mixed up here. Because sure. I, for a second, confused him with Alexander Graham Bell. Contemporaneous. Okay, okay. Yeah, he he might have popped up in that story. That's why. Yeah, there was some potential collaboration between the two, but um, nothing of substance. Yeah, I remember. Okay, this is all starting to click into place. So yeah, so uh, I clearly don't even know enough about him to keep him straight from Alexander Graham Bell. So not very much. Great. Well, uh, luckily, I have done hours and hours of research for this very reason. Fantastic. Before we get going, a couple of our sources and like the typical housekeeping of we're going to leave out large swaths of his life um, because he actually was a prolific inventor. Not really interested in talking about fluorescent light bulbs for a lot of our time. Just going to skip over the like 
Seems like a missed opportunity, but hey, you know what? You're in charge this week. <laughs> Just so you know, this is not a comprehensive biography of Thomas Edison. It's the high points and the low points, which is what you've come to expect from us. Just a uh, heads up, though, to any listeners who would like a comprehensive history of Thomas Edison's life, uh, you can get yourself to a library nerd. <laughs> yeah, or Google. <laughs> anyway, there's if so it many still ways. exists. So many ways. Oh, that's true. After this week, who knows? I know, right? Um, but anyway, so our sources, Wikipedia for the basic timeline, Britannica.com, Biography.com, NationalGeographic.com, um, and History.com. Those were the big ones. The most credible ones, to be honest. There's yeah. a lot of not-so-credible <laughs> websites. If Do you know this? Do you know on the internet? There are a lot of websites that are not very credible. Yes. Born in 1847 in Milan, Ohio. Assuming it's pronounced Milan, but it's Ohio. Who knows? Could be Millen. Could be. Uh, when he was seven, his family moved to Michigan, which is where most mostly like credited he's from Michigan. Whatever. Born on February 11th. Do you know, after all this time, what zodiac sign that makes him? Uh, yes. Mm, watch well, it. Uh, okay, hold on. This makes him... Uh... Octogenarian? No. But luckily for you, it is time for Audrey's Astrology Corner Slash Hour. People born on February 11th, the internet, this is actually one of the lesser credible sites that I forgot to mention, <laughs> um, sunsigns.uk or something like that. <laughs> Wait. Wait, hold on. You're, you're saying some of the less reputable sites crept into the astrology segment? I take it back. This is so <laughs> credible. As an Aquarius born on Fe February 11th, their impulsiveness and charm defines their personality. They have a wide variety of interests and hobbies, and that is a result of many spontaneous passions. As a result of their innate charm, their impulsiveness has most likely led to having a variety of passionate relationships. That's not what I think when I think light bulbs, so we're going to see how accurate this is. Right. Uh, you know, hobbies. That's where I would latch on to. Lots of hobbies. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so he was the seventh of seven children. He was one of the four surviving. His father was an exiled political activist from Canada turned lighthouse keeper and carpenter. Well, I have questions. Hold on. That's, that's literally all I know. Okay. That is the line from the internet that I copy and pasted. Okay. Then I'm going to ask some rhetorical questions. Mm -hmm. uh, one. What kind of political activist do you need to be exiled from? Do you need to be to be exiled from Canada? I actually don't know much about nineteenth-century Canadian <laughs> politics. Right, right. I mean, like, how would they nothing. even exile you? They'd be like, uh, "Don't uh, could could you please never come back, please?" <laughs> like, what does yeah. it look like? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Canadian listeners, tell us what it takes to be exiled from Canada. We want to know. Yes, please. His mother was a teacher. Uh, well, a former teacher. And she was actually his only formal source of education, except for the 12 weeks that he went to traditional school. He did not do well in a traditional education setting for a couple of reasons. The first, he was, quote, a hyperactive child prone to distraction and deemed difficult by his teacher. It has been theorized that Thomas Edison likely lived with ADHD. There just wasn't a term for it. Interesting. The second was that he was nearly all the way deaf by the time he was 12. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, so he survived scarlet fever as a child, and that led to chronic middle ear infections that resulted in deafness. 
And he would later say that this hearing loss is really what allowed him to focus and not get distracted. <laughs> I mean, that's, it seems like it is a uh, one potential treatment for distraction from ADHD. That, mm-hmm. that could work. It's also the reason he got hit in the head by a moving train. Oh, yeah. He was 15. <laughs> he didn't oh, know you were coming. That's rough. Survived it. How hit in the head specifically? Mm, yes. We'll get we'll we'll get to that. But yeah, just it was moving not like the front of the train. He wasn't like leaning over the tracks, but like he was close enough to the edge of the track that it hit his head. Uh okay. So for a second I was trying to imagine how do you stand in front of a train and only get your head hit? But, <laughs> but that that makes more sense. Sure. Okay. After he gets pulled from school or like kicked out of school, I don't really know the, the details. He essentially is trained a bit by his mother, like this formal structured learning to read and some basic arithmetic. But after that, it was mostly just unschooling. So unschooling. Yeah. Do you want to talk about unschooling? I know this is something that we both like care a lot about. Yeah. The short version is if you hated school, you should try not going. (laughs) And instead of homeschooling, don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Just follow your curiosity. Yeah. I mean, like that's the most important part. I think like all little kids are just so curious about everything. And then if you work hard enough over, you know, 8 to 12 years of normal school, you can eventually beat that out of them, right? But if you don't, then people stay curious. I think it works. I think it works well. Yeah. I mean, you and I are both former public educators, and I worked in education for almost a decade, and we unschool our kid. Yeah. And just every day waking up, like, what do you want to learn? What's going to happen? It means that there's not the pressure of a curriculum every day or curricula, but it also means that school never stops because it's always curiosity. Uh, On the other hand, some days your project is making a resin-encased praying mantis. That's true. We did that this week. We found a frozen praying mantis and we put that in some resin, which I feel is like a probably a Thomas Edison-approved activity to learn about praying mantis. Like, we put it in resin, and then we learned about it through sure. books. Don't convince me. Speaking of books, Thomas Edison was a voracious reader as a child. Obviously, he couldn't hear very well. He was alone at home with his mom, and his older siblings were like out of the house, reading all the time, tinkering. By the age of 12, he's like, hey, mom and dad, I would like to start a newspaper route. But instead of a newspaper route Traditionally, what I want to do is I want to buy a bunch of newspapers and then hop on the train every day and sell it to the passengers already on the train. So instead of going house to house, he's going where the people already are. Like hustling on the subway. Okay. Yes. I I can respect it. Goes really well, actually. Like he, he does gangbusters as a newspaper boy. So much so that by the time he is 13, he starts his own newspaper Wait, uh, that's a leap right there. Yeah, it's not the most sophisticated <laughs> newspaper. It's mostly like up-to-date goings-on in the community. But people think it's adorable. And, you know, a couple months passes, he's making equivalent to today's money, $50 a week. So okay. yeah, he's got sure. 200 bucks a month. He's spending that on electrical engineering gadgets, trinkets, and like chemicals for experiments. And he actually used his access to the railroad train and his, like, familiarity. Everybody knew where he was. They were comfortable with him. He, like, found this little hidden-off cove and started doing experiments there. Wait, at the train depot? uh, On the train, in the baggage car, like this little section. On the moving train. Mm -hmm. Got it. Which is a terrible place to be mixing chemicals. 
as you might expect, he definitely caught a train on fire. <laughs> yes. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. And so he's not on like the best of terms with folks at the train depot, but around this... <laughs> Yo, really? <laughs> you catch one fucking train on fire and all of a sudden everybody's mad at you. <laughs> it's all it takes. All it takes. Fortunately for him, around this time, two very important and serendipitous things happen. The first, like I mentioned, is he got hit in the head by a train. Okay. Bummer. Yes. <laughs> the second is that... He saves a three-year-old from being run over by an errant train. God, these trains feel like death traps. <laughs> yeah, right? How, how, what, what's a kid, why are parents letting their kids play on the train tracks? So the kid's father was actually like an engineer for the train folks. Like he, maybe engineer is not the right term, but he worked at the train depot. And he had enough influence and power that in in response to saving his child, he told Edison, I will teach you how to be a telegraph operator. Okay, wait. So hold. So the engineer for this train puts his kid in... What year are we in? It's not, a, it's not the engineer. He's not driving the train. It's somebody at the train station who his kid's like hanging around the depot. This three-year-old runs off and Edison... It's like 1860 at this point. Edison saves the kid. Okay. And so- he gets rewarded by getting this, like, telegraph operator apprenticeship. That's a reasonable reward. Yes. At the time, do you know anything about how telegraphs were used in, like, the 1860s? Um, Not that you would. would. Well, if you'd like. Mm -hmm. So, frankly, the answer is no. But if you'd like, (laughs) I I can speculate wildly for several minutes. Basically, this was the first um way to communicate train schedules with other train depots. So as the railroad is being expanded across the United States, you need some system to say, hey, there's a train on this track. Don't put another train on that track. Otherwise, there will be a train crash. I mean, that does seem important. And so for the next five years, Edison is traveling all around the Midwest as a telegraph operator, telegrapher. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah, let's just let's just go with it. Confidence. Right. He's a master telegrapher. He's actually in pretty significant demand because all of the other telegraph operators have been drafted to war or have in like gone to the Civil War. And he's like 14. <laughs> I mean, he's like 17, but okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, you got yeah. it. <laughs> um, I feel like that, that wouldn't stop you from being a uh, Civil War soldier, though, really. For him? Yeah. Like, I mean, he could have gone to war. Yeah. He didn't want to. Want okay. To. Got it. Got it. Um, so in his spare time, during this time, he's, like, reading and studying, experimenting. He's really unpacking this telegraph technology. And when it started, when he started at the beginning, it was Morse telegraph system. So it was a series of dots and dashes that then he would transcribe into written language and communicate with the conductors and engineers. Unfortunately, very rapidly, it becomes an audio telegraph system where you have to listen to the dots and dashes. It's not like coming out on ticker paper. Oh, it used to be printed in some way. Yes. Oh, sorry. Yes. So and because he was deaf, he was very quickly like out of a job. Got it. It went from reading it to hearing it mm-hmm. and di- could not hear it. Because he can't hear very well, on more than one occasion, he was responsible for near train wrecks. Oh, yeah. Like actual train wrecks. Wait, so there's a period of time after it switched to audio where they let him keep trying mm-hmm. and he, he almost crashed the trains. Yes. 
eventually it's just too hard for him to find work. They're like, please don't hire this man. He cannot hear. This entire system is predicated on the ability to hear. Is that a he significant... He almost crashed our trains. <laughs> Real disadvantage. He's burned them down in the past. <laughs> it does not have a great track record. So he gets his job with the Associated Press, and um, it's like the newswire, so he's getting telegraphs and transcribing it. He asks for the night shift so that it's like low news time. He can get the telegraphs, get it to the reporters on the wire, beep, 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 but not very often. And since it's quiet, he can be doing his experiments and learning. This works out until... He burns down another train. He does not. <laughs> he uh, drops a container of battery acid through the floor onto his boss's desk. Oh, wow. Is fired pretty immediately. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, he spends the next couple years kind of like bebopping around, doing some things. By the time he's 21... He returns home. It's not clear why he wasn't in touch with his family, but he realizes that his formerly middle, upper middle class family has fallen into financial ruin and his mother is experiencing significant mental illness. This prompts him to do what every caring son does. Peace the fuck out of there. He was like, I'm not going to deal with this. Goodbye. Wow. Wow. He's like, I'm not going to live in Michigan anymore. The happening spot for inventors is Boston. I'm going to Boston. And that is where, like, the inventor scene was popping off. 1869 at this point, and he is ready to get on with his life. Just leaves his family. He gets his first patent around this time. Do you have any idea what it's for? Um, hmm, no. It is an electronic voting recorder for quickly tallying votes in the legislature. Wow, yeah, well, I would not know that. Absolutely not. Way ahead of his time. However, it did not take off because... Quote, Massachusetts lawmakers were not interested. As they explained, most legislators did not want the votes tallied quickly. They wanted time to change the mind of fellow legislators. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, at least they're honest. No market for the vote, the vote recorder decides to move to New York City. And it is there that he invents a number of, like, big ticket items. The first is this universal stock printer, which synchronized several stock tickers, transactions. And the second is this uh, duplex telegraph machine, which means it's exactly what it sounds like. Like you can get two telegraphs at once. He gets paid big money for these machines and he uses it to start this company. He starts a company and he's working as an inventor and electrical engineer. It's at this company where he, 24-year-old Thomas Edison, meets and marries 16-year-old Mary Silwell. Wait, how old is he? 24. And she's 16. Mm-hmm. So, a child. Yeah. Still. They have a few kids. Uh, she ends up dying like 13 years later from either a brain tumor or a morphine overdose. Well, that's really uh, one or the other kind of situation. <laughs> yeah. Well, large amounts of morphine were actually prescribed to women at the time <laughs> to treat their hysteria, um, but to women specifically. And she was experiencing chronic pain. So it, it was either the tumor that did her in or the morphine, but we don't know. In this marriage and in his second marriage, we're not going to talk much about it, but it's important to note that he gets married really quickly after Mary dies. He has a few more kids with the next wife, Mina, and basically is never home, like actually is apathetic to having a wife and child. It's more a convenience thing to have a wife 
Like he married quickly because he had three kids with his first wife. Oh, and he did like, not want to like deal with it. I'm not fucking taking care of these kids. Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no. Around this time, still inventing, making a name for himself, he invents the quadruplex telegraph, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> now you can get four telegraphs. How do you at even once? operate four telegraphs simultaneously? <laughs> both hands know. and both feet. That's what it is. I Just... don't know, but this is the invention that gets Western Union to be like, ring, ring. We'll give you $10,000 for that. Do you know how much that is in today's money? A million dollars. No. 226000 Okay. So not bad. Not, not bad. bad. That's a lot of money for an inventor at the time. He uses this money to set up the Menlo Park Laboratory. This laboratory became the first institution that is set up specifically for the purpose of producing technological innovation. It's like the first of its kind... Big deal. He invents a number of like pretty revolutionary devices during the 1860s and 70s. The phonograph, huge. Big, big seller. This special kind of microphone for telephone transmitters. So he was like, hey, Alexander Graham Bell, your telephone, fine, whatever. Sounds like shit. Have you tried <laughs> adding charcoal to your microphone? It's going to be great. There you go. Does it? Boom. That. Telephone transmitter that he invented was actually used in telephones up until the 1980s. Like oh, 100 years. 100 years. Yeah, I read one article that I didn't include a lot of information in this research about that talked about how Edison is known as this inventor of devices, but really what he did was just improve a lot of things that already were on the market. They, he took it to the next level. I can think of somebody else who took that same kind of approach. Mm. Which was Steve Jobs. Yes. I mean, Apple's notorious for, like, not being the first to market for so many things. Right. But they will, like, patent some, like, specific improvement that makes a difference, right? And yes. then just, like, be the one to go out and refine something and take over the market. Absolutely. By the end of his life, Edison has, like, almost 1,100 patents. Most of them were for utility patents. Some were for designs. Some, like, improvements on prior art. And, of course, the very first patent for a device that could record and replay audio. Which is, yeah. The phonograph. His Menlo Park laboratory eventually spans two city blocks. It's like two and a half stories. He and his team, he eventually has like dozens of scientists working for him. They're inventing, inventing, inventing. And his laboratory, I include this just because it's neat trivia, was filled to the brim with all sorts of materials. So Edison said he wanted the lab to have, quote, a stock of almost every conceivable material. And a newspaper from 1887 revealed that in his lab he had 8,000 kinds of chemicals, every screw ever made, or every kind of screw ever made, every size of needle, every kind of cord or wire, hair of humans, horses, hogs, cows, rabbits, goats, minks, camels, silk in every texture, cocoons, various kinds of hoofs, shark's teeth, deer horn, tortoiseshell, cork, resin, varnish, and oil, ostrich feathers, a peacock's tail, jet amber, rubber, all the ores, and the list goes on. Can you just imagine being like, I wonder what happens if you put horse hooves and turtle shells together? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do That's it. That's your job. Love it. Right. By the late 1870s, he is working on the electrical or electric illumination system. So he gets credited with the light bulb. The light bulb was actually invented in 1840. Oh, that's so, a way before all this. <laughs> yes. By credit where credit is due, by a British scientist, Warren de la Rue. He used like 
coiled platinum filament, but it was so expensive. Like, who has platinum? Ooh, la, la. Anyway, <laughs> so a lot of light bulbs actually existed before Edison brought his to market, but they were all either too expensive or they burned out almost immediately. So the thing that Edison did invent was an incandescent light bulb. So a long-lasting bulb. Got it. Yeah, the bulb that would not burn out overnight. He said that he like the invention was essentially going to make it so that only rich people used candles. Like there wouldn't be a need for them. Yeah, I mean that's true. Everybody else is using candles all over the place. With the money that he gets from this invention, he forms the Edison Electric Company. And this is where shit picks up. We're about to get into the battle of electricity. Okay. So actually, now that you get here, I feel like I do know a little bit more about this. Okay. One of preface by saying Edison is far and away not the worst hero we have ever featured. Just like there are so many garbage people on this podcast. He was like up until this point, kind of like an absent father, kind of a terrible boss to work for. He, he There's a lot of contention around rights and patents and sort of like who stole what, blah, blah, blah. But not like remarkably bad. Right. But around this time, he starts to do some really fucked up shit. Like, it made me very upset. It's like this very specific number of years in his life where he was very bad. It just goes off the rails. Mm-hmm. Edison's light bulb and electric company, at first, they're doing gangbusters. He founds the Edison Illuminating Company, which is the first investor-owned electric utility, later becomes General Electric. During the 1880s, so now we're in the 1880s, he patented a system for electric electricity distribution. So basically, he was the first to say electricity is a utility in the same way that gas is. And he helps power the first large-scale distribution of electricity to 59 homes. That's large-scale. Large-scale at the time. He is using direct current electricity, DC. At the same time, there are companies coming into the market using alternating current. Oh, yes. Or AC. And we're about to get into the battle of DC versus AC. Lots of people call what is about to follow the War of Currents. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. The drama. The story or like the myth is that Edison and Nikola Tesla are pitted against each other. But that actually doesn't shake out in the timeline of things. That's not the narrative. What is really happening is Edison is going to the war of currents against this man who has a company. His last name is Westinghouse. So here is the too long, didn't read version of the way that DC is different than AC. So DC current can't be transmitted very far. It was designed to meet the needs of high-density, clustered-together communities, like cities. Um, As such, it left a lot of people out. Basically, Edison could only supply power to people within one mile of each plant. Really cost-prohibitive to build these plants. Doesn't go very far. Yeah, a a new power power plant every mile yes. forever. It's low voltage is mm-hmm. is the issue. So just know that DC is like much lower voltage. I don't know the actual mechanics of this. This is what I know at the, the highest level. AC, however, can be transmitted great distances. So it can be moved over thin, cheap wire. It So it made electricity a viable option for like many, many, many more people. But it's also very, very dangerous. Yeah. So th- here's, here's what I know about the mechanics, right? So if mm-hmm. you have basically a wire 
that on one end starts in the power plant Mm -hmm. and then goes out to somebody's house and it makes a loop and it comes back to the power plant, right? Mm -hmm. And you're essentially saying, okay, I'm going to take build up a charge on one side and I'm going to make those electrons basically shoot down one side and come all the way back to the power plant. Mm -hmm. That's that's the DC, right? It's just going into the loop. The AC is where you say, okay, I'm going to start the charge on one end of the wire and then switch it to the other and then go back and forth like a bunch of times a second. Mm -hmm. And then very slowly, these electrons are just going to like jiggle back and forth and they're going to slowly go through that same wire. In AC, Mm -hmm. the actual electrons only move like something like three feet a second. So okay. you can like walk faster than this electricity moves. It's just that it's also vibrating back and forth directions as it goes it. that way. Got it. Westinghouse is taking up shares of the market. And Edison's like, no, this is this is my jam. Get out. You're not you're not gonna do this. I'm gonna make sure it stops. DC electricity is where it's at. And so Edison is is kind of like AC goes further, but it's really dangerous. So dangerous, I'm going to collude with legislators lobby to enact anti-AC laws, sort of like foment public insurrection about AC utilities and these corporations coming in to give us electricity without caring about like our health. And oh, yes, I am going to electrocute animals in public to prove how dangerous this is. What? Strike one. At the same time that this is happening, there is an actual dentist I do not know why the fuck it's a dentist, but it's a dentist who is working with the ASPCA, electrocuting dogs with AC electricity as a way to more humanely euthanize stray dogs. Wait, so we just went from the fact that mm-hmm. Edison was like, I'm going to I'm going to tell them the evil corporations are coming and also in parallel have the strategy of electrocuting animals in public. Yes. And then separately, there's a dentist who's like. Hey, you know what you need ASPCA? An electric chair for cats. And Wait, then so actually the dentist happened first. Oh, oh and this, got it, that's got it. what gave Edison the idea to prove how dangerous AC electricity was. So he would pay kids and this man whose last name is Brown to go round up these stray dogs and then he would do things like pour water on a sheet of tin and attach it to AC power source. Then when the dog went to drink the water, he would be electrocuted. At one point, he, like, gets a dog in a cage, and he shocks it with, like, increasing currents up to 1,000 volts DC. It survives. Then he shocks it with 330 volts AC, and it dies immediately. Well, yes, you're electrocuting animals. <laughs> yes. Uh, not laughing about that. <laughs> it actually made me horribly sick. The animal cruelty doesn't stop there. So content warning for folks who are squeamish. At one point, Edison... In order to get all of this information about how dangerous AC electricity is, he lends his laboratory and a team of scientists from Edison Illumination or whatever to the uh, Medico Legal Society to test the threshold of AC electricity needed to kill calves and horses. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. Turns out 750 volts is a sweet spot. They're testing it because they need to know how many volts it would take to kill a human so they can build the first electric chair. Wait, so he's literally killing horses to invent an electric chair as part of his business strategy? Yep. So this motherfucker is like electricity is, is or this AC electricity is so bad, um, but also I am going to like teach people how to use it to kill humans to show how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so what he's basically saying is, yes, it may kill people, but we can sell that. 
Right. And the first death by electric chair went wrong. Like, it made reporters, like, vomit who were watching. It was very, very, very bad. Oh, yikes. The war of the currents eventually fizzles out. Both companies are losing a ton of money investing in this battle. Edison is losing. AC is taking off. Because it turns out it's still way cheaper to not build a power plant every single mile forever in America. Absolutely. Strike three comes a couple decades later in 1903 when Edison Manufacturing, which is a branch of his conglomerate, Mm -hmm. arranges for the electrocution of a circus, circus elephant named Topsy to be filmed using their newly invented system of filming, Kinetograph. Wait, so... So he has this film, and he's like, we need to make a sample film for this. And they're like, oh, why don't we just electrocute an elephant? This elephant was going to be hung because it was responding to the fact that people were shoving it with pitchforks, and it attacked people. Wait, so hold yeah, on. Yeah, so we're not—we'll get to Barnum and Bailey eventually. <laughs> just the side note, what you need to know is— Edison hears they're going to hang this elephant. And he's like, no, let me electrocute it and film it. How do you hang an elephant? With a tractor. What? Or like a crane. Yes. So then they like film this, this poor baby elephant. It's so, it's a baby. It's like two years old, three years old. They electrocute it. They film it. They sell it. I think you can still find copies of it. And all this time, like, there's still, like, simmerings of this anti-AC campaign. It really never goes away for Edison on a personal level. But this is really used just to boost the credibility of Kinetograph. The camera, the movie camera. Yeah. So that fucking sucks. I don't like that. That is strike three. And he's only 56. Yikes. Yikes. How many animals is he electrocuted by the time he gets to hundreds, the 60s? Hundreds. Wait, really? Oh, he is doing this display with this man named Brown where they electrocute animals for crowds of people often. Oh, it's like a road show. Well, it's like around where he lives, right? They'll do dogs, cats, uh, rodents, the calves, the horse. Yes. This sounds like the worst uh, circus ever. Yeah, it's horrifying. There were people like begging for it to stop in the streets. People would leave. Eventually, the SPCA got involved, but that's a whole nother story. Anyway, so he's 56. He lives another 28 years. And over those 28 years, Henry Ford comes to work for him. He has a few more kids with his new wife. He also starts radiation experiments with one of his assistants, like lab assistants. And they go so horribly wrong that this radiation essentially burns the man alive from, like, his head to his chest. Wait, they're experimenting with the radiation on humans? On humans. His arms are so burned that he can no longer use them. Yeah, it... Um, what the it hell? Makes, it makes Edison himself, like, blind, partially blind in one eye and gives him stomach ulcers. So they stop doing that eventually, but... Eventually? <laughs> yeah. So that sucks for, for his assistant. On... On like a more empathetic note, he did continue to pay this assistant and his family up until the man's death. Like he didn't have to continue working for him. He's like, I'm sorry that I poisoned you with radiation. Yeah, I feel like that's the least you can do. Right. I know. And then he also, during this time, has to sue his own child, Thomas Alva Edison Jr., because our friend Tommy 
is not successful like his father, really wants to get his father's approval, ends up becoming essentially like a snake oil salesman, going around being like, this is Edison approved, the new, fr- the newest from Edison, blah, 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 like using his last name to sell bunk science. Wow. Can you imagine having <laughs> a, a famous debt and then hawking like knockoff goods under his name? I know. Yikes. So he sues him, gets him to stop, eventually dies. Um, he's eight, 81, or let me do the fast math. I didn't write it. He died in 1931, so 84. His legacy, as you now know, is often sort of like misconstrued and oversimplified. One article put it, quote, he was an uninhibited egoist. He could be a tyrant to employees and ruthless to competitors. Though he was a publicity seeker, he didn't socialize well and often neglected his family. So for that reason, and all of the electrocution of animals, the radiation poisoning, and the like. And the invention of the electric chair? And contributing to the invention of the electric chair. Thomas Edison is not my hero. Yeah, it's it's a... Impressive slash uh, surprising that you can basically just make improvements to somebody else's work and then go down as the light bulb guy. <laughs> and then that somehow sticks over the elephant electrocutor mm-hmm. guy. Like, uh, yeah, definitely got the better moniker. That's for sure. He did. Uh, really ample cleanup crew with all that Menlo Park money. I and mean, it's the thing. Just got to be rich. Afford a lot of history books and a lot of history book authors for a lot of money. That's exactly right. If you would, please review us where you found us. It makes a big difference, and we will actually mail you real-life stickers. What new stickers do we have? Um, So we have new stickers that are die-cut bubble letters that say promiscuous thinker. Oh, that's fun. From the Alfred Nobel episode. That's right, that's right. Where you basically dared me to make the sticker. I did, I did. And I did it. And you did it. And I've got, like, I had 50, now I've got like 40 burning a hole in my pocket. So if you <laughs> want if you want some promiscuous thinker stickers, let us know. You can send us your screenshot um, at your heroes pod on Instagram and Twitter. That's how everyone else has done it. Yeah, and check out uh, our website, meetyourheroespodcast.com. Yep, you can leave us a suggestion for future heroes or just tell us how much you love us. We like that too. Until next week. Don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye. 